about this. Our brains change. Memory is an amazing. What you think is in our there brains is aren't really finished. They're not fully cooked yet. You go with your heart. You we don't have any idea why because we're, we're doing so smart. Most of the things that we're doing. But here's the deal: even when people are telling the truth, they're still unaware of many of the forces that are driving their behavior. Right. I'm Art Markman. I'm Bob Duke. I'm Jack Anderson, in for Rebecca McEnroy, and this is Two Guys on Your Head. Today, actions and intentions. When I was a kid in a Jewish community in New Jersey, and I had a friend whose bar mitzvah was going to be about two weeks after mine, we weren't really that close. And so he wasn't invited to my party. He asked several times and I relented and I invited him. And his event was two weeks after mine and I didn't get invited to his. I donated a prayer book to the congregation in honor of his bar mitzvah, maliciously. <laughs> now, once a year, there's a holiday, the Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur, where you're supposed to atone for your sins. And it's been a family joke now for lo these many years that we atone for the sin of donating a prayer book maliciously. All these years later, anyone who used that prayer book would have just said, oh, isn't that nice? This family donated this prayer book in honor of this other kid's bar mitzvah. Lovely. And so in the end, a good thing was done. Even though your heart was impure. It was was, was deeply impure. So is it okay to do a good thing for the wrong reasons? When it comes to evaluating our own behavior and evaluating the behavior of others, we tend to evaluate our own behavior based on our intentions, and we tend to evaluate other behavior based on their behavior. That's understandable because we can't really see what people are thinking. And if we're on the receiving end of something positive, it probably doesn't matter why somebody is doing it, right? And likewise, if we're on the receiving end of something negative, it probably doesn't matter. (laughs) Whether somebody didn't mean it or not, I mean, the same thing happens. But I think in human society and interacting with other people, we've gotten to a place, maybe it was always in this place, that intentions do matter in terms of how we interpret behavior. If we go so far as to even make any kind of inferences about people's intentions. But the things that happen are the things that actually affect us. And so I would say there's a nice prayer book in this other synagogue that was donated by your family. It's a lovely thing, but I don't think you get credit for it. So Phil Tetlock has done all this work on taboo trade-offs. And he points out that societally, there are certain kinds of questions that we actually don't even want people to contemplate very much. So there's a kind of classic version of this study where he talks about little five-year-old Timmy who needs a very expensive operation, but it's going to cost a lot of money. And if that money gets spent, then the hospital is not going to be able to afford this new piece of machinery that will likely save many lives off into the future. And if you're the hospital administrator who has to sign off on this, what do you do? And of course, people want to save Timmy. But not only that, they don't want the hospital administrator to spend a lot of time agonizing over this decision. They want the hospital administrator to make this decision boldly and quickly and sign off on it to the point where if that administrator spends time contemplating the decision and comes out and does what people think is the right thing, yes, after long and careful deliberation, weighing the costs and benefits, we've decided to save Timmy. People actually want an act of atonement. After that, how could you even consider consider that? So you actually have to atone for even contemplating. So the intention ends up mattering a tremendous amount in the way that people interpret these events. In this case, you did the right thing for the right reason. That is, you came down on the side of this is the right thing to do. The mere fact that you contemplated 
the wrong thing is a problem. Part of what brains are designed to do is to predict the future. And to the extent that we have some insight into people's intentions, we can begin to predict what they're going to do in the future. So the fact that I happen to do the right thing in a particular situation with ill intent does not guarantee that my next action will also be a good one if I'm the kind of person who's going to act on ill intent. <laughs> because many of the actions that one takes with ill intent are not particularly good actions. Yeah. So from a predictive standpoint, is it better to pay attention to what we know about people's internal state in terms of predicting the future? Or is it okay just to focus on the outcome? We have to say something about the predictability of the world, right? Because we continue to overestimate how much we're able to do that because we underestimate how much randomness there is in just the things that happen every day. So yeah. we think if I just have more information, I'll make a better prediction. And that may be the motivator for people saying, I want to know the intention because that will make me better. Tell me why understand behavior and then being able to predict when really we're pretty bad at we it. We are pretty bad at it. But in many situations, having more information allows yeah. you to make better predictions than having less information. Yes. It turns out the world is noisy. There's lots of yes. different factors. We imagine that we are much more deliberative about our actions than we actually are, right? We're responding in many ways throughout every day in ways that we are not deliberating about and not making conscious decisions about. When asked to explain ourselves or explain our reasoning, even if this wasn't our reasoning when the action was actually taken, we're very good at concocting a rationale for whatever behavior somebody's asking us. Yeah. This is why the statement of what you're going to do that's your attitude, is very rarely a particularly compelling predictor of what you're actually going to do. And the best way to make the attitude more consistent with your behavior is to ask people to express that attitude in a situation that is as alike as possible to the situation they're going to be in when they perform the behavior. This is one step removed from intention, right? This mm -hmm. is simply a statement of what you're going to do, yeah. not even why you're going to do it. And we have a hard time even predicting what we're going to do, let alone understanding what forces are driving our behavior. And it is, in fact, the difficulty of understanding the forces that drive our behavior that make it so hard to predict your behavior in the future. But when you're in the situation that you're going to be in in the future, then at least all of those environmental factors right. are similar to the ones that you're going to experience when you're actually asked to carry out that behavior. And that's why you get the added consistency. This is why we so easily pass judgment on other people and thinking to ourselves quite smugly, well, I would never do that. Not recognizing how much of the environmental influencers are having effects on what we actually do, even though in the abstract, I would never, 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 ever do that. Next time, we'll talk about signal detection with Dr. Art Markman and Dr. Bob Duke. You can listen back to this show or any of our archive shows at KUT.org and subscribe to the podcast and never miss an episode in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Our engineers are David Alvarez, Jake Perlman, and Michael Crawford. I'm Jack Anderson in for Rebecca McEnroy, and I co-produce Two Guys on Your Head at KUT Radio in Austin, Texas. Thank you.